0: A podcast one production. Hi, I'm Nat Kringudis And I'm Cecilia Ramsdale. Welcome to The Wellness Collective, a podcast where we invite you to be part of our wellness community to share, learn and live better. Another episode of The Wellness Collective and time to focus
1: on how happy where you live can make you. Is that oh, a good way of putting it? That's a good way of putting it, I think. I think that a lot of us look at happiness to be, yes, something that's outside of us, but mm. I don't know that we actually look at our living environment. Yeah, environment things are very interesting, aren't they? Because well, I'm a little bit obsessed with this.
0: <laughs> From what degree? you well, talking about the throw cushions you've got, the colour scheme? All of that.
1: The essential oils you're burning? All of that. Yeah? Even like how much clutter there is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, how mm-hmm. messy... But I feel like I'm going to give my kids a complex because I'm constantly trying to be very mindful about not saying, clean up your mess, but mm. more, let's keep things tidy because they're just going to be their whole life hearing, <laughs>
0: clean up your mess. Yeah, but my mum used to say that to me all the time and I'm ah, still um, quite messy.
1: Are you? Saying, I think oh, you oh, either are not. or you're not. Oh, I feel like it's something that my mother passed on mm. was this pedantic, and I'm nowhere near. Mm. As pedantic as my mom is, it keep, she she runs a tight ship, that lady. <laughs> she keeps her house very much home beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, not me. Well, you know, that, that environment that she's created is creating her
0: well-being, I suppose. True, but then there's
1: also, you know, there's a difference between a house that might have, um, I don't know, things in it that are harmful as opposed to just being messy, I guess. Mm. This is one good thing about
0: having a home that is essentially all brand new. Well, mine is two. Is it? Yeah. Oh, well, that's good. And See, chill. you don't have to. You, you've got the smell of like you yes. know, fresh paint. Yes, but I don't think that's great for you either. Well, maybe well, we're going to find out. <laughs> makes
2: you feel good.
0: <laughs> the reason we're talking about this is because our guest today uh, is sitting there very patiently. She has a lot to share on this particular topic of you know our home and what's happening within it that can affect our our health. Not from a you know throw-cushion perspective, no. but
1: more of a... Well, maybe. It depends <laughs> on where it's been imported from. Getting down to a biological
0: <laughs> uh, perspective. So, uh, Mystery Guest, please introduce yourself.
2: My name is Nicole Balsmer and I'm a building biologist. It's funky, isn't it? Building biologist. Yes. So what okay. does that mean? Yeah, I, what is that? Well, I go into people's homes to see if there's something there that's making them sick and provide and educate them as to how to create healthy homes.
1: Have you ever been into someone's home and been like, nuts? perfect?
2: Never. Never. <laughs> <laughs> Never. So we're all doomed. There are elephants in everyone's home. <laughs> elephants. From the Avery in the child's room to the oh, gosh. Cat, to the dog urine in the corner of the room because that's where the dog
1: likes to urinate. Oh, you know, That sort really? of response,
2: yeah. Everyone's got elephants in their homes. Wow. And they correlate with almost every chronic disease you can think of, so...
1: Yeah, it's okay. so
2: interesting.
0: Let's rewind the clock. Okay, so you're dealing with people that have a chronic disease or have been sick for a long time, I'm guessing, and they've worked out that potentially it's something to do with where they
2: live. Is that right? Most of the illnesses we find strongly correlated with health hazards in the home are asthma, allergies, autism, ADHD, so learning and behavioural disorders, um, some forms of cancers that are related to hormone-disrupting chemicals like breast cancers, Um as well as things like chronic fatiguing syndrome, chronic fatigue syndrome, MS, all of those things. Yeah, I was going to say neurological
1: things. disorders as well. Yeah.
2: chronic like, neurodegenerative yeah. disorders, Parkinson's, etc. Mm.
0: Wow. Well, we were talking to, um, in one of our other podcast episodes, Dr. Terry Walls, who was a doctor from America who had MS herself and she pretty much just changed her entire lifestyle and diet and turned it around for herself. So I guess if you think about it, you know it's if you've got extension. chemicals and yeah. and it's not just chemicals it's other things too living well. within your home um, bacteria, I suppose, and mould, that's another one we're going to talk about, isn't it? Exactly. All those things are in, in, you're breathing them in every single
2: day, then of course that's going to affect your body, isn't it? Well, 90% of your time is inside a building.
1: Mm.
2: 90%. Well, so you are spec- <laughs> you are very affected by the indoor air quality in the home, the bacterial load. I mean, there's millions of dollars being put into the Sloan Foundation to determine what the home microbiome is. And they've found Ooh. the more diverse the bacteria is, the lower the risk for asthma and allergies in So
1: being too clean is not good. Too clean is a
2: really bad idea and antibacterials is one of the most Mm. toxic chemicals you can bring into the home as well as pesticides which are antibacterials. So simple things like taking your shoes off before you come in is so important because the council use tonnes and tonnes of pesticides out there. They're everywhere from the Antarctic to the Arctic and polar bear livers. So you need to take your shoes off before you come in and don't spray chemicals like pesticides in the home. Wow. Like fly spray and stuff. Because you say pesticides and you think, oh I wouldn't
1: Pesticides. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not willy-nilly
0: spraying the round up around the room. <laughs> no, that's right, but, but you know, it's actually something quite basic,
2: like okay. a fly spray. Well sides are sides means to kill, and it's they're chemicals specifically designed to kill biological life. And the way in which many of these insecticides work is identical to the way they affect the human body by blocking acetylcholinesterase.
1: Wow. Okay, well, so, well hang
2: on. well What? <laughs> So they block enzymes that are involved in muscle function. That's why when you see a fly dying, it's spasming because it's blocking the muscular the function of the nerves to the muscles to control it. And of and
1: course it makes sense like if it's affecting the fly, it's going to affect you on some level. It's yeah, not just well, like your bigger, but yeah. Yeah, but if there's enough of it, mm-hmm. like It makes a lot of sense.
2: Exactly. Well, it all sort of, in my first literature review for my PhD, um, I looked at what chemicals are correlated with which illnesses and pesticides came up with almost every single illness. And the change happened with changing in farming practices and the introduction of organochlorine pesticides, now the organophosphates. They correlate with almost every neurodegenerative disorders like Parkinson's, dementia, as well as things like learning and behavioural disorders in children. Mm.
1: Um,
2: Because, again, they're antibacterial. And we all know life starts at the gut microbiome microbiome. Mm -hmm. And these are antibacterial. Chlorine in water is antibacterial. So chlorinated water, simple things like that. You don't want chlorine in your water and a water filter. As I say to my students, you either get a filter or you be the filter.
1: Yeah, yeah, right, how funny. Do you know what's interesting? We're talking about, um, you know, the way that our homes impact our health and there was a definite turning point for my mum tells a story about my grandmother who had battled with um, all sorts of illnesses and eventually died of bowel cancer, but how she they moved into a new home and her health, and this is, you know, in the 70s, her health took a really steep decline and she had been sick on and off her entire life with quite serious problems. What's funny is history repeats itself. Mum and Dad moved into a new home around around five years ago and same things happened. A lot of um, symptoms have come up for mum and autoimmune and, you know, most of us have some type of autoimmune, mm-hmm. you know, something that we're predisposed to, yes. But it's just interesting. I don't think that a lot of us pull that co- um, pull that correlation that it can be things like the paint on our walls and the, the grout and the tiles and, you mm-hmm. know, all these things in a new home. We say, oh, it smells so nice to, to <laughs> live in this new home smell with the carpets and the chemicals in the carpets and... But how do we, what do we do about that? You know, we can't necessarily avoid that.
2: We can reduce our exposure significantly. And that's by first turning off the TV because, you know, you're getting a lot of messages about what you should buy which aren't actually true in terms of health so you know microfiber cloths are really good to help reduce for cleaning products instead of using cleaning products go with your microfiber cloths as much as possible be mindful about what you're actually buying and whether you really need it Mm. is really really important but probably the the biggest thing that we do as building biologists is do mold testing and electromagnetic field testing that's about 90 percent of our work and the reason is because one in two australian homes are water damaged we've now got a very good understanding that a water-damaged home can increase the risk for asthma and allergies and skin problems like eczema that are persistent and not responding to anything else. But we also know in 24% of the population, they can't create antibodies to antigens in a water-damaged environment. So what happens is when they go into the environment, it sets up an inflammatory response. When they go back into their home, their body hasn't produced antibodies to recognise those microbes, so it sets up inflammation again. And that inflammation continues in their brain and in their body and they end up with chronic fatigue syndrome, fibromyalgia, brain fog.
1: Yeah, this my home's been damaged by water. I need to talk to my mum. (laughs) I can smell it, though. This is the thing, too, is that even though it's been dealt with... So, Mm. our previous home was really interesting, actually. Our previous home, there was mould. We moved in. Geordie's health declined. I was like, oh, my goodness, what have I done? I put this kid into a mouldy house. Um, What was really interesting is, and, you know, we can maybe talk about this, but we introduced things to clean the air. We were only renting, and it was only short-term, so I kind of knew that there was a means to an end. But... um, When we introduced all of these things, his health improved dramatically and I actually didn't put two and two together Mm. until months and months later where I was like, he hasn't been sick for ages actually. And I'd realised that we'd introduced, you know, air purifiers and essential oils and we'd done all these things that... I don't know, we just did (laughs) (laughs) because you do. Um, So that was really interesting to watch that and see that direct correlation. Um, With this house, he's been fine, but I can smell it. Even though it's gone, I on certain days can... It's in the kids' room too where where the flooding Uh, happened. I can actually smell it. And is it that some people are more sensitive... Than others. You know, I had someone in there yesterday and I said, I can smell it. And she said, I can't smell anything.
2: Absolutely. Mm. The canaries in the mine tend to be able to smell it. And if you can smell mold or see mold, that in the scientific literature is significant enough that there is a problem. So they
1: are two really important markers. So seeing it and being able to smell it, or one or the other. Yes. Like in our old house, I could see it Mm, and smell it. In this house, I can't see it, but I can smell it. And so that's hidden mold or hidden water damage is a real
2: problem. Because if you, open up that wall and there is significant mould, you're going to spread and cause secondary damage and contaminate potentially everything in that house.
1: Mm. Well, yeah, it's quite interesting because after the flooding happened, um, they said to me it's going to take a long time for that smell to go. But does it ever actually
2: go? No, if it was remediated properly, it should have gone immediately. Uh Because as soon as there's water on a surface, within 48 hours, those microbes, which are naturally on the surface, the bacteria, mainly gram-positive bacteria and fungi, they are producing endotoxins and mycotoxins to try and kill one another off to take (laughs) over that space. (laughs) Right, so they're competing for real estate. So that's what mold's about, is it? Exactly. But fungi is nature's greatest decomposers. They are all over this surface here in the studio. They're everywhere. They're uh. meant to be everywhere.
1: Well, that's the thing too. Like, naturally, can it not deal with itself? Why is it that yeah, this is an issue? Yeah, why does it attack why can't us? It, mm. Well, not yeah. Why can't... Uh, you have fungi why can't in we your l- body. Why can't we, we live nature.
0: in a symbiotic
1: we nature?
2: We do. live. And so the is thing it, is, it's the environment. As soon as you have moisture mm. sitting there for more than 48 hours, that's when it's going to use whatever surface it's on as a food source and the moisture to be able to sporulate and um, reproduce. Well, it's
1: literally on the ground underneath, like... Because our house is on um, stilts or, stumps. Know, stumps. Stumps, that's the, the word. word. Mm. <laughs> it's not stilts. Yep. I'll help you with the building, Lingo. <laughs> Thank you Lingo. so much. Yeah. Um, stumps. So it's actually the earth underneath. When they pulled it up to show us the flooding, I, I could see it. It was the, the dirt. It was yeah. the ground. Yeah, so, so what, what do you do? Then?
2: Yeah. You need to find out where the moisture's coming from. So the key to any mould problem is not the mould because fungi... We live in symbiotic relationship with fungi and have for many years and we have 0.1% of our gut microbes are fungi and they're meant to be there. Mm-hmm. I
0: won't tell my husband because he doesn't like mushrooms um, and I think that
2: might upset him a little yeah. bit. Mm.
0: Only 1% is mushrooms. Point one.
2: <laughs> Point one. <laughs> moisture is the key. So a healthy home is like a dry Mediterranean-like climate. As soon as there's moisture, within 48 hours, they're going to try and uh, take over that real estate space. So even is it something as simple as a bath mat? No, well, because you'll find it'll evaporate, most of that moisture will evaporate into the air so it won't stay in the bath mat for long. But if it's on there and on the undersurface it doesn't dry, then yes, you're going to find it will go mouldy if you sit there for more than three or four days. Mm. Absolutely. I I think we've all been to a house where that's
1: happened. Yeah, actually, and speaking again of this house, one thing that's really interesting is that there is zero mould in the bath, well, that I can see in the bathroom. Often bathrooms are a place Mm. you find mould. And it's really interesting. I've spoken about our shower before. It's literally just a room. It's got no door doors, no anything. It's just a room that you walk in. But I find to clean it and maintain it is so easy because there's there's nowhere for it to kind of get. Lips and crannies. Yeah. Would that be right? The ventilation helps. Ventilation is critical. Right.
2: So as soon as you hit 70% Humidity, relative humidity. That's when everything in the room, all your microbes in the dust, in the carpets, etc., are going to start sporulating because it's creating ideal conditions. That's why you have far more problems up far north. Central Coast is the mold belt of Australia, and of course, far north as well because the humidity levels are regularly over seventy percent, which means any microbe, microbes, which is everywhere in the house, are going to start utilizing the moisture in the air to be able to germinate. Mm. So, what can we do? Well, it depends on the source of the moisture. In that case, you want to find out, where did, is it a plumbing issue? Yes. Is it a drainage issue? No, it's a
1: plumbing issue. Right. There, was a, there was a pipe that was burst.
2: Right. So that needed to be fixed immediately to stop any recurring problem. The second thing is uh, eliminating that moisture from the soil and actually removing it. And of course, if that happened for more than 48 hours and they weren't onto it, then you need to actually use a moisture meter or a thermal camera, which is what a building biologist would do, to assess the moisture activity in that material. Because if we know timber holds more than 15% relative moisture, then it's going to support microbial activity. So we moisture map all the materials that were affected by that moisture and if it's porous, you get rid of it. Mm-hmm. If it's rock plasterboard, wet for more than two days, it's got to go. Right. Otherwise, it
1: keeps creating that smell. If you're smelling something, it means it's growing. Yeah, but the thing is I, cannot, I can't smell it all the time. So I don't know whether or not, like after it rains, is it more likely to kind of reactivate something? It depends or? where it is. It sounds mm. like it could be hidden, in which yeah. case we'll use boroscopes and other things like that Ooh, to identify boroscope. that. You know. Wow, yeah. interesting! So, so p-
2: same things you put up your butthole, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> we do it under the fridge. Well, I think people oh probably like favorite. it under the fridge
1: better. <laughs> Let's give it a break for a second. We'll be back shortly.
0: On this here episode of The Wellness Collective, we're
1: talking about what goes on in your home and how it could actually be making you unwell. Let's talk hormones. What is this doing to as women? What and men? people humans what is this what does this do biotoxins in, in inhaling these microbes
2: in a water damaged environment affects leptin receptors and it also affects melanocyte stimulating hormone it affects androgens it reduces androgens it affects the entire hormonal system and often the symptoms will be i don't know what any of those things are oh okay mm. so in Biotoxins like mold, for Mm. example, um, however, blue green algae outbreaks can cause the same symptoms as mold illness, is that it can affect receptors in the brain which regulate hormones from the hypothalamus and the pituitary gland Um, and that can have downstream effects which can affect the body basically. Uh, However, in the home, the big ones we look at for reproduction and fertility is hormone-disrupting chemicals in plastics and perfume and air fresheners and pesticides, your 4Ps. Your 4Ps are a disaster for your uh, hormones because we have a lot of evidence to indicate that these hormone-disrupting chemicals can have devastating impacts when they happen when the child is in utero in the womb. During pre Puberty, of course, and increasing the risk for breast cancer. And the fact that children are now going into puberty, young girls, much earlier in the 1900s, it was about the age of 16 when they started their... Uh, menarchy or periods now they're starting as young as between 10 and 11 and many as young as seven and that's a huge risk factor for breast cancer Gosh, and seven. infertility yeah mm. and uh, a lot of it in the literature is saying it's the exposure to these chemicals hormone disrupting chemicals in pesticides it was the DDT organochlorines now it's phthalates that are in plastics like PVC and polystyrene plastics really important that young children aren't exposed to these plastics in their water bottles Um, and perfume is one of the biggest markers so that's a thing in our college not to wear perfume air fresheners aftershave because about 70 percent of these uh, perfumes contain phthalates to make them last 500
1: years because, of course, we all want a perfume that lasts 500 years. <laughs> like, ah! the insanity
2: of it. It's <laughs> so funny. That's... You know what? I was
1: looking in the car before I came here and, yeah. you know, like, I don't know about your car, but mine is where all water bottles go mm, before they die. all get collected and then yep. brought back inside again. But I was laughing because I'm literally a hoarder of glass water bottles and every, every water bottle was glass. I was like, well, I'm practising what I preach there, aren't I? But is there, you know, when we look at PBA free, you know, that's often how things are sold to us as being okay for us. I'm still dubious. Okay. BPA free. Sorry, BPA. What yep. did I say? PBA. BBA. <laughs> you got dyslexia. <laughs> I do have <laughs> dyslexia. You know what I mean? Bisphenol A.
2: The bisphenol family are also hormone disrupting chemicals. So they use BPA and Food Standards Australia and New Zealand still think it's safe, even mm. though it contradicts the World Health Report in 2013 about hormone disrupting chemicals. So manufacturers are the duty of care is not a manufacturer to prove something safe. So they went, okay, the public don't want BPA, bisphenol A, so instead we're going to put in BPS, same family of chemicals, bisphenol S and bisphenol F, uh, into these plastic bottles, polycarbonate plastic bottles, and they're found in rodent studies in science that they are worse in terms of their hormone-disrupting impacts. So Ugh. BPA-free is Why worse. Why it so hard? And the reality is we need to go back to basics. We need to go back to glass. We need to go back to stainless steel. And Corning wear. That's hmm. it. End of line. You drop your baby bottle... Well, you buy another one just like our parents did. But
1: you did. can, the, these, like, you can't, no one can see this, but I'm holding this up anyway. <laughs> yes, it's, it's glass. It's a plastic, a like, silicon layer. Yep, layer on the outside and it stops it. I'm yeah. a social pariah. I actually bought my plastic water bottle
0: today. <laughs> it says it's BPA free. <laughs> but I must say I'm not very reliable
1: in drinking from it, so <laughs> I guess that's the upside of it. Now, um, I have another question, if we can, because mm-hmm. I know that on your website you talk about how your own personal journey yes. into how you really became very interested in this area. Can we talk a little bit about that? Because I think that just in terms of, I'll let you talk about it actually. (laughs) Um, Words in your
2: mouth. I was working as a naturopath acupuncturist for 15 years and I started to notice a really strong connection between many of my patients' illnesses in their homes. By the third or fourth consult, many of my patients with chronic fatigue syndrome would be saying, do you think the visible mould in my home is affecting me? And I'm going, I've spent eight years at university, 60,000 on a double degree 30 years ago. (laughs) I didn't learn about the indoor air quality. I didn't learn about mould. But it wasn't until we moved into our home in Warrandyte, um, the first house we bought, we moved in there. My husband and I developed insomnia. That was insidious and gradual. Um, within 12 months, I fell pregnant, had a miscarriage and had 10 miscarriages in this house.
1: Um, that's a lot of miscarriages. It's a lot wow. of miscarriages. How long you know ago is that? Sorry, can I ask?
2: That Well, the twins are 11 now, so seven years before that, 18 okay, years ago. Okay, so
1: quite a while ago. Yeah, and I guess it was years. very Ten different than having 10 miscarriages yes. today you know there'd be someone would be intervening unless you were saying no 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 there's a problem
2: yeah well we went to the recurrent miscarriage clinic went to all the we didn't qualify for IVF cuz mm. i got pregnant easily we went to every possible practitioner from the most esoteric to the most scientific <laughs> mm-hmm. and in the end they said we can't help you we don't know what's wrong we've excluded every pa- every pathology and in the end it was a reproductive immunologist in the US who stated something's triggered your immune response where you're attacking the fetus like it's a cancer cell mm. So I said to my husband, you know, because the neighbour said no one successfully had children in this home, interesting, 65 years old, there's something wrong with the house, everything's declined since we've moved here. I said to my husband, Mark, we're sleeping on the other side of the wall of the metre panel and I've bought a Gauss metre and, and I can measure it. we're exposed to high electromagnetic fields and there's three studies on miscarriage rates and exposure to magnetic fields, let's get to the back bedroom." He goes, I'm not moving to the back bedroom because, um, you know, the ensuite is right here, etc. And I said, That's fine, darling, but you'll never get sex ever again. <laughs> so, 60 seconds later, he's moving the bed to the back bedroom because we know how predictable they are, nah. beautiful person that he is. And um, we never look back. Fell pregnant naturally with twins, had kids. Wow. Amazing. So, it Isn't changed
1: everything for it, me. So, just before we freak everybody out, because we're all about working smarter and not harder, mm. obviously it's to do with not. Not just where, I mean, obviously that's going to affect everybody, but it's going to affect everybody differently, right? So your genes and your microbiome and all that play into how or what you're predisposed to. I think yeah. we probably need to bring that up, and just that's the so thing understand.
2: Absolutely, with the um, human genome that was mapped in two thousand three, we've got a great understanding now that genes don't cause most condition, most diseases. That we have this thing called epigenetics, or things sitting on top of the genes, which is the environmental triggers for many of these genes. How resilient you are is dependent a lot on your diet. Your food is absolutely critical, as we know. However, environmental triggers, we're starting to get an idea that you know genetics loads the gun, but the environment pulls the trigger and that's the thing for me that the environment was pulling most of my patients triggers and now that I've looked into the research the last 20 years it's it affects all of us. We know our chemical load is increasing significantly since the changes in farming practices and we're exposed to hundreds of chemicals that are naturally in our body and for children that are born, unfortunately. So we need to reduce our load as much as possible. And yes, you're right, Nat, susceptibility does vary from one person to the other, which is why as the environment becomes more and more polluted, as we introduce electromagnetic fields that we have no control over, that we can't even study in science because mm-hmm. we have no control. Are you talking about like Wi-Fi wireless? Technology, radio frequencies that have bathed the entire planet that are now starting to look at their impact at a cellular level, Mm. uh, which is why countries like Cyprus and France are pulling wireless technologies out of their schools. Countries like Austria now have guidelines for doctors how to diagnose electromagnetic sensitivities, etc. Mm. Um, as you pollute the environment, your resilience is more important. You have to get stricter with your diet, but the problem is because it's becoming more polluted, more and more of us are getting sick. Mm. It's so
0: interesting, isn't it, that it comes down to that basic human thing: mm. if you can't see it, you don't believe it. Yeah, Do you know what I mean. And the electromagnetic stuff, particularly, it's it's fascinating. I, but yes. I often think. When you see a house, like a big mansion that's plonked right under one of the huge electricity... um, High voltage transmission lines. Yes, and I think I just would feel very uneasy living so close to it because... I can't see what it's doing, but I feel like there would be a lot of uh, electrical kind of radiation coming off it. Well,
2: the first study on that was 1979 by Wertheimer and Leeper, and they showed that the incidence of childhood leukaemia for children who lived within 600 metres of high-voltage transmission lines for the first 15 years of their life doubled their incidence of childhood leukaemia. And since then, there have been two systematic reviews in 2000, and that made the World Health Organisation classify the radiation from high-voltage transmission lines lines in 2000 as possibly carcinogenic to humans, i.e. group 2B. People don't know that. Clinicians and doctors and practitioners aren't trained in that. And
1: I guess too,
0: like you were saying about treating your patients and you worked out that there was an environmental thing in their home that could be triggering their problems. I mean... Plenty of uh, practitioners and stuff don't go to the homes of their, their clients or their patients. So, I mean, that's not necessarily something that would trigger in you to even ask, is it?
2: That's exactly right. So, I spend a lot of time lecturing at medical conferences, both in Australia and overseas, educating clinicians, primarily integrative doctors, how to diagnose environmental sensitivities. And I wrote the book, Healthy Home, Healthy Family, to help people understand how their home is actually making them sick and the very simple ways they can reduce their exposure to all of these hazards.
1: Hmm. Fabulous. I have one more question before I know we're out of time almost. Can we have three things that people can do Mm. as of now, like right now?
0: I feel like reading that book might be number one. I
1: think that (laughs) could be number one and we'll make sure that we put that information out there. Um, But what can people do?
2: Okay, simple things. Well I've mentioned take your shoes off before you yes, come in I to reduce that. your pesticide load. Yes. Yep. Microfiber cloths yes. to clean the house, slightly damp, followed by a clean tea towel, because all your allergens are in the dust. If you reduce your dust load, get rid of the clutter as much as possible, then you know, use your microfiber cloths to reduce your dust load. That will get rid of most of your flame retardants, pesticides and your allergens, house dust might pet dander, cockroaches, asbestos, lead so dust. Wow. Dusting. So dusting. dusting. Just good old fashioned Good old dusting. fashioned dusting.
1: Dusting. dusting. Exactly. I hate dusting so bad badly. Oh, you but I try and have less clutter so there's less to dust. Why don't you pay your children
0: to dust? It's a really good idea. Great idea. idea. Hmm.
2: Exactly. A vacuum cleaner is the the two things I recommend in my book you buy, only two, a good vacuum cleaner fitted with a HEPA filter.
1: Does my Dyson qualify?
2: only if it has a HEPA filter. How do I know Not that? all models know that. To have to go and check. So I've got, a I've new got videos on my website oh, on what to look for <laughs> and what a HEPA filter is. You have
1: made buying a vacuum cleaner interesting. I'm going to say it's okay, the okay, most boring
0: a product to ever go and
2: purchase. I love vacuum cleaners.
1: <laughs> we need <laughs> a vacuum cleaner sponsor. <laughs> yeah we do. Here we go. Dyson, Last out
2: thing,
1: there. Last thing,
2: bedroom. Make sure it's free from electromagnetic fields. No digital yes. devices.
1: Very important. Do you know what in our house is it fabulous is that the Wi-Fi doesn't actually That's reach the bedrooms. That's what I was going to say.
2: We, we no rebuilt our
1: house last year right. and it,
0: as a sort of oversight, uh, the Wi-Fi doesn't reach the bedrooms. Right. And initially I was like, damn it, I can't watch Netflix. But I thought, actually, you know what? It means the bedrooms are a haven. Yes. yes they, are, they are the place to go for sleep. It means when the kids get bigger and they want to go up there and do internet stuff, they can't. It's not going to work. I thought... This is a beauty.
1: I'm yep. wrapped. I'm See, wrapped that it go. didn't work yep. out. Perfect. Yep. Um, I will make sure that at least um, we put your details in the show notes, but do you want to just tell people where they can find or access your information?
2: Sure. Lots of videos and information on my website, buildingbiology.com.au. And, of course, the book Healthy Home, Healthy Family, which you can get from that site or from the book depository.
1: Amazing. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, Cecilia. I've got one more question. Oh,
0: sorry. So... If you've got a bit of mould in your bathroom or in your hallway or we had it when we were building, we had a little bit of mould on the timbers in just one patch because we had a period of rain and, you know, didn't get a chance to dry up before the mould could settle in. And uh, the builder went and looked at getting someone to come and deal with it and was quoted a lot of money uh, for this guy whose job was to clean up meth labs and murder scenes to come and fix this tiny bit of mould on one piece of timber. I was like, I don't really think that's required. So they ended up replacing the timber and it was fine. But um, I did a bit of research and what I came up with from my extensive research was that white vinegar was the best thing to treat it with. Is that... Like, if you've got a little patch, because you always think to go for the bleach, but I have heard that bleach is, like, the worst thing you can do to it.
2: Fungi is so resilient, it will use anything you give it as a food source, so... The only reason why vinegar is better is because it's it's food grade, it's a food, it's not going to harm you, whereas bleach is really toxic to the to the lungs and to your skin, etc. However, the guidelines, the double ICIC guidelines in the US, which are considered to be the world standard, say don't use anything. Physically wipe it off with a microfiber cloth. If the hyphae have penetrated and stained the plaster board, then yes, you might want to use something like peroxide just to bleach it, so to speak. But generally when you're removing mould, it's physically removing it and getting to the 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 source of moisture, that is the key to addressing all forms of mould.
1: There you go. Okay. Oh, fabulous. So fascinating. Um, I will go again. Nicole, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, it's been a pleasure to have you in the studio and I know that people are going to want to tap into that because I think it affects all of <laughs> us, right? You know? Yeah. And, and yeah. can we just open our windows a bit more? Yes. Get a bit more fresh air,
0: air in, in the, the house? Providing you're not
2: within 200 metres of heavy traffic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <Jesus>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if not, just get a purifier or yes, move. Yes, air purifier. Yeah, yes. There you go. Fantastic.
1: <laughs> Thanks so much. So, Nicole's book, Healthy Home, Healthy Family. Uh Uh-huh. Are you ready to read this? I don't know. It looks pretty heavy. And I'm a bit scared because uh, Nicole did mention to us before we started that once you've read it, you can't unknow. Hmm. Anyway, the, good good stuff, though. really good stuff, and lots mm. of good tips. Hey, of course we want everyone to tell us how much they love the podcast. That would be
0: amazing. <laughs> I love how good you are at saying, "Hey, so you've listened, you got to hear, got how this far, about you just click on a five star." Do you know what I leading think, people astray. Here's
1: what I reckon we do. Go on. We should go back every now and again and just pull out our favourite reviews, and then we can actually put them. At the end of the podcast, so you need to listen to see if yours is actually mentioned. Oh, a big thank you especially to... Katie Star Ten Hash or whatever Correct. their names are. Exactly. Yeah, I like that though. Just don't make your username
0: too. <laughs> make it a good one. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Exactly. But yes, please go and rate us. We would love that. And today's uh, episode, I has left me feeling happier, healthier, and better.
0: But I am um, mm-hmm. a little bit concerned about you know the smells in my house. So I might have to go around. You've and, got solutions. Yeah, I do. It's good. Thanks, Nicole. Good. And thanks for joining us. We will catch you in our next episode. Bye bye.